Hey, it's Susie, and we have another mini-episode for you. This time, I'm going to bring you a little fanfic. Hope you enjoy it. So, um, <clears throat> tell me about yourself. What would you like to know? Um... This fanfic is brought to you by Kinky Claws, and it is titled Aftermath, If Nothing Changes. I am Garrett Jackson from Angel Between the Lines. Chapter 2 Mitchell watched Pratchett leave. The hulking frames he smashed through the double doors, slamming both into the walls as he entered the hospital above. He stood watching long after the vampire was out of sight, deep in thought. Reluctantly, Annie broke the reverie. Why did you tell him that? Without looking, Mitchell replied, Tell him what? The poltergeist sighed and worded herself carefully. That you killed Herrick? Mitchell looked at her sharply, but he could see she was not admonishing him, only curious. If they knew it was a Lyco that killed him and not me, is agreed, they'd hunt George down and kill him without a second thought. Us too, probably. This way they think no rules of engagement have been broken, and I have control over the Bristol vampires, so they won't make a move without my okay. Annie nodded, understanding the reasoning and a little awed by Mitchell's new authority. In contrast, Mitchell yawned and rolled his shoulders to relieve the stiffness there. It had been an incredibly long night, the longest he could remember in recent years, in fact, and he couldn't shake off the nagging worry that despite what he'd said, this wasn't over by a long chalk. Now there's those two, Annie said softly, staring at the closed dungeon door. Nina's not run away yet, so maybe... She let the thought hang in the air, unfinished, but the doubt in her voice gave her away. Give them some space. They've both got a lot to think about. Mitchell's sage reply, though fair, didn't sound hopeful either. Let's go up to the canteen. George will be asleep for an hour or more. Annie nodded and linked her arm through his. The scent of the vampire was all over him, he knew it. That smell of dead but living flesh which confused and enraged him so. It moved, he could hunt it. It feared him, he could frighten it. It was flesh and bone. His claws and teeth could rend it, yet it could not be eaten. And then there was the small space. He wanted to run, to chase, to howl, to mate. Ah, his mate was so close. Her scent as close as that of the vampire as palpable. The solid trees around him were cold, the ground beneath his paws hard and uncomfortable, yet her presence made it bearable. Her presence quelled the anger. Somewhere deep inside was a spark of recognition, a word the wolf did not know. Nina. The wolf growled, railing against the knowledge that was flooding its animal brain, but the odd sense of recognition grew. Soon, the wolf could no longer think as a wolf. It would think as a man. Nina scrambled back a little as George growled softly in his sleep. She was still a little nervous after the second sudden appearance of that ghostly woman in ten minutes. He snapped his teeth together, breathing deeply in through his nose and stretching toward her a little. He stopped moving then, but Nina's heart continued to pound in her chest and ears. Her right arm ached inside her sleeve, and she flexed her hand without thinking, eyes fixed on her boyfriend's prone form. Boyfriend? Nina momentarily remembered the letter. George had dumped her without so much as a by-your-leave. 
No reason other than the feeble, slightly pathetic assertion that it wasn't working out, that she could do so much better than him, and that he had to go away. He's ended it with, I'm sorry it has to end this way. It sounded so final and inevitable. Anger began to rise until it clicked. He was trying to spare her. Push her away again, only this time she knew the reason why. He was... he was ashamed. Afraid, maybe. Afraid of the creature he became? That monster terrified him as much as it had her. And another realization hit her as she sat on the painfully cold floor. Mitchell. She'd never seen panic in the laid-back cleaner before. He and the girl with him, the one who recognized her but who Nina had never met before, seemed scared and tense. She was considering this when she began to envision the scene. George was a werewolf, and he had locked himself in the room with that man, intending to kill him. Mitchell and the ghostly girl had been rushing to stop him. It explained their urgency. Her George, the George who loved nights of gentle cuddling on the sofa with her while watching old black-and-white movies, he couldn't, wouldn't, have planned to murder anyone, surely. She felt sick. Was it the werewolf thing that was George's big secret, or that he was also a cold-blooded murderer? If that was so, how could she have misread him so badly? She shuffled back further, getting to her feet, ready to leave. The words in the letter echoed again in her head maddeningly, though. They didn't tally with the facts. George had forced himself to speak, despite being in what looked like immense pain. He had told the other man he was wrong, that humanity was love and sacrifice, and this proved he was human. She set to trying to think rationally. This made her mentally scoff that none of this was rational, let alone normal. The letter bore the words of the George she loved, the shy, almost timid man struggling to clearly express himself. That last line, I'm sorry it has to end this way. Nina began to shake when she realized that the letter had been a suicide note. George had fully expected to die down here, sacrifice himself in the act of facing that man. As she thought it, Nina knew it was the truth. The knowledge that he would do that would want to die for... She didn't know what the reason was, but he had obviously known he was going to die. The weight of it all but broke her heart. She felt hot tears running down her cheeks unbidden. Whoever the other man was, he must have been dangerous for Mitchell not to try to stop his friend. George had faced him with courage and a deep love for others. That was her George. On the floor in front of her, George shuddered and curled his legs and arms tethered to himself with goosebumps covering every inch of exposed skin. Hastily, Nina wiped her tears away, only now aware she was clutching his broken necklace in her hand. She slipped it into her pocket and knelt, reaching for the clothes on the floor. Her boyfriend needed some coverage. We'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you later, guys. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touchpaper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.